0: Hello, this is RJ Deacon reading the Supreme Court of the United States Opinion Syllabus in Sigel, trustee of Circuit City Stores Liquidating Trust, versus Fitzgerald, acting United States trustee for Region 4. Bankruptcy. Certiary to the United States Court of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit, argued April 18th, 2022, and decided June 6th, 2022. If you'd like to support the podcast, get a hold of me at roadscholar80 at gmail.com or you can tap on that paypal link that there's right down there in the show notes all right uh congress created the united states trustee program trustee program as a mechanism to transfer administrative functions previously handled by bankruptcy judges to the u.s trustees a component of the department of justice congress permitted the six judicial districts in north carolina and alabama to opt out of the trustee program in these six districts bankruptcy courts continue to appoint bankruptcy administrators under a system called the Administrator Program. The trustee program and the Administrator Program handle the same core administrative functions, but have different funding sources. Congress requires that the trustee program be funded in its entirety by user fees paid to the United States Trustee System Fund, UST Fund, largely paid by debtors who file cases under Chapter 11 of the Bankruptcy Code, Section 28 U.S.C., Section 589 eighty-nine A B five. Those debtors pay fee in each quarter of the year that their case remains pending at a rate set by Congress and determined by the amount of disbursements the debtor's estate made that quarter. See Section 1930A. In contrast, the administrator program is funded by the judiciary's general budget. While initially Congress did not require administrator program district debtors to pay user fees at all, Congress permitted the Judicial Conference of the United States to require Chapter 11 debtors in Administrative Program Districts to pay fees equal to those imposed in Trustee Program Districts. See Section 1930A7. Pursuant to a 2001 Standing Order of the Judicial Conference, from 2001 to 2017, all districts nationwide charged similarly situated debtors uniform fees. In 2017, Congress enacted a temporary increase in the fee rates uh, applicable to large Chapter 11 cases to address a shortfall in the U.S.T. fund, the 2017 Act provided that the fee raise would become effective in the first quarter of 2018, would last only through 2022, and would be applicable to currently pending and newly filed cases. The Judicial Conference adopted the 2017 fee increase, uh, the 2017 fee increase, for the six administrative program districts effective op- October 1, 2018 and applicable to newly filed cases. In 2008, Circuit City Stores Incorporated filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in the Eastern District of Virginia, a trustee program district. In 2010, the bankruptcy court confirmed a joint liquidation plan overseen by a trustee, the petitioner here, to collect, administer, distribute, and liquidate all of Circuit City's assets. The liquidation plan required petitioner to pay quarterly fees to the U.S. trustee, while the Chapter 11 case was pending. Circuit City's bankruptcy was still pending when Congress increased the fees for Chapter 11 debtors in trustee program districts through the 2017 Act. Across the first three quarters of 2018, Petitioner paid $632,542 in total fees, significantly more than the $56,400 Petitioner would have paid absent the fee increase in the 2017 Act. Petitioner filed for relief against the acting U.S. trustee for Region 4, the respondent here, contending that the fee increase was non-uniform across trustee program districts and administrator program districts in violation of the Constitution's bankruptcy clause. The bankruptcy court agreed and directed that for the fees due from January 1st, 2018 onward, the Circuit City trustee pay the rate. Uh, the Circuit City trustee should pay the rate. In effect, prior to the 2017 Act, the bankruptcy court reserved the question whether the trustee could recover any overpayments made under the 2017 Act. The Fourth Circuit reversed, holding that the fee increase did not violate the uniformity requirement of the bankruptcy clause because the increase applied only to debtors in trustee program districts, in order to bolster the dwindling UST fund which funded the trustee program alone. The uh, Supreme Court holds um, reversed and remanded, and Justice Sotomayor delivered the opinion for a unanimous court. Congress's enactment of a significant fee increase that exempted debtors in two states violated the uniformity requirement of the bankruptcy clause. The Bankruptcy Clause Uniformity Requirement, which empowers Congress to establish uniform laws on the subject of bankruptcies throughout the United States, um, U.S. Constitution Article I, Section 8, Clause 4, applies to the 2017 Act. Respondent contends that the 2017 Act was uh, not a law on the subject of bankruptcies to which the uniformity requirement applies, but instead a law enacted pursuant to the Necessary and Proper Clause, U.S. Constitution Article 1, Section 8, Clause 18, meant to help administer substantive bankruptcy law. Nothing in the language of the bankruptcy clause suggests a distinction between the substantive and administrative laws. However, and this court has repeatedly emphasized that the bankruptcy clause's language, embracing laws on the subject of bankruptcies is broad. This court has never distinguished between substantive and administrative bankruptcy laws or suggested that the uniformity requirement would not apply to both. Further, the Court has never suggested that all administrative bankruptcy laws are enacted pursuant to the necessary and proper clause, nor that the necessary and proper clause permits Congress to circumvent the limitations set by the bankruptcy clause. To the contrary, Congress cannot evade the affirmative limitation of the uniformity requirement by enacting legislation pursuant to other grants of authority. See, Railway Labor Executives Association versus Gibbons. In any event, the 2017 fee provision fits comfortably under the scope of the bankruptcy clause. The provision amended a statute titled Bankruptcy Fees, Section 1930, and the only subject of the 2017 Act is bankruptcy. Moreover, the 2017 Act does not affect the substance of debtor-creditor relations because increasing mandatory fees paid out of the debtor's estate decreases the funds available for payment to creditors. Respondent points to purported historic analogs to argue that the uniformity requirement does not apply where Congress sets different fee structures with different funding mechanisms for debtors in different bankruptcy districts. But the fee increase at issue here is materially different from the examples cited by Respondent. Unlike Respondent's examples, the 2017 Act does not confer discretion on bankruptcy districts to set regional policies based on regional needs. Rather, Congress exempted debtors in only two states from a fee increase that applied to debtors in 48 states without identifying any material difference between the debtors across those states. The 2017 Act violated the uniformity requirement of the Bankruptcy Clause. The Bankruptcy Clause confers broad authority on Congress with the limitations that the laws enacted be uniform. The Court's three decisions addressing the uniformity requirement together stand for the proposition that the bankruptcy clause does not permit arbitrary, geographically disparate treatment of debtors. In Moises versus Hanover National Bank, the court rejected a challenge to the constitutionality of the Bankruptcy Act of 1898, which permitted individual debtor exemptions under different state laws, explaining that the general operation of the law is uniform, although it may result in certain particulars differently in different states. And yeah, that's how they wrote that sentence. In the Regional Rail Reorganization Act cases, the court affirmed the constitutionality of legislation which applied only to rail carriers operating from within a defined region of the country. Noting the flexibility inherent in the bankruptcy clause Uh, permits Congress to enact geographically limited bankruptcy laws consistent with the uniformity requirement in response to a geographically limited problem. That's um, Gibbons, or sorry, in Gibbons, the court struck down legislation in which Congress altered the priority of claimants in a single railroad's bankruptcy proceedings, holding that to survive scrutiny under the bankruptcy clause, a law must at least apply uniformly to a defined class of debtors. Here, all agree that the 2017 Act's fee increase was not geographically uniform because the fee increase applied differently to Chapter 11 debtors in different regions. That geographical disparity meant that Petitioner paid over $500,000 more in fees compared to an identical debtor in North Carolina or Alabama. While Respondent contends that such disparities were a permissible effort to solve the budgetary shortfall in the UST Fund, an arguably geographical problem That shortfall stemmed not from an external and geographically isolated need, but from Congress's creation of a dual bankruptcy system, which allowed certain districts to opt into a system more favorable for debtors. The clause does not permit Congress to treat identical debtors differently based on artificial distinctions Congress itself created. The court remands for the Fourth Circuit to consider, in the first instance, the proper remedy. The decision below is reversed and remanded, and Justice Sotomayor delivered the opinion for a unanimous court. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can get a hold of me at scholar 80 at gmail.com, that's R-O-A-D-S and the number eight zero, or you can find the PayPal link that's sitting right down there in the show notes.